Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Coram, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Katie Wells. Katie is the founder of Wellness Mama and Wellness, a line of natural personal care products. She's a best-selling author, blogger, podcaster, and nutritionist. In this episode, Katie opens up about her mental health journey and how unprocessed stress and trauma resulted in her body holding on to excess weight, even though she was doing everything right. Katie discusses the tools she used to overcome this. And as an advance warning, Katie will discuss a few topics that are sensitive in nature. And therefore, if there are small children in your presence, you may want to listen to this episode at another time. But now it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Katie, would you mind talking for a moment about your journey with mental and emotion, the mental and emotional part of health and wellness and how stress and trauma can impact our autonomic nervous system. Absolutely. This is so top of mind for me and such a passion right now to share it with my audience and with other audiences as well, because of how profoundly I saw the results in my own life. So I've been in the health and wellness world for almost 15 years now. And Part of my reason for entering this world, my background is actually in journalism and research. And when I had my first child, I got sick and I didn't know what was wrong. And I went to a bunch of different doctors and wasn't getting answers. And my default had always been to research. And so I turned to my own research and that began began the whole process of what eventually became Wellness Mama as I was sharing what I was learning. And, And much of it wasn't as mainstream as it is, thankfully, is now, but I was finding all of this information related to diet supplements and health. And that led to research in many more areas as well. But over the course of that first decade, I had dialed in very specifically things like diet and supplements and sleep. And I was aware of all of the things that contributed to health or so I thought. And yet I, it took me eight years to start to get answers and even find out that I had Hashimoto's. And then that began a recovery journey. But I also, after having six kids, was finding it completely impossible to lose weight despite doing all the things that on paper meant that it should have been easy. I was tracking my diet. I wasn't eating things that I shouldn't have been eating. I knew like what I was consuming. I was taking supplements. I was nourishing myself. And I, I couldn't figure out for a long time why things weren't working. And then several years ago, I got a firsthand lesson in just how drastically emotional and mental health can often impact our physical health. And I had read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, which was the first thing that really opened my eyes to the idea that the physical body can actually store and exhibit mental and emotional experiences and trauma. Um, But even logically understanding that, I didn't know quite how to unpack it. Um, For me, this was actually, some of it was related to a really severe trauma in high school where I was sexually assaulted in a pretty violent fashion. And I, but I thought I had dealt with it because I didn't seem to have recurring emotions related to it. It wasn't something that I was ruminating about all the time. Um, but I, looking back, remember in that experience, it was the feeling of helplessness, not actually the assault itself that was so hard to deal with. And to deal with that in the moment, I made a vow that I would never be hurt again. And I wouldn't, so, and I started to lock down and had to have all of these things in my control. And I also vowed that I was basically not going to have emotion because I wasn't going to be hurt. And to the degree that through raising at the time, five kids, I had never once yelled at my kids. I had never once cried in 16 years. So it, it should have been, those should have been red flags that maybe there was something going on there. But I thought like, no, I just was great at processing it. I'm totally fine. Until I was in an experience with a somatic therapist and all of those experiences came back. And it was a very minor experience with this person. It wasn't anything that 
in theory should have been groundbreaking or revolutionary, but through reliving the trauma, I think it came, it went from subconscious to conscious for the first time in those 16 years. And I relived it. And then when, when the somatic therapy was over, I had basically like the emotional adrenaline shakes for a solid two hours after. And we see this in animals. If you watch National Geographic, if an animal has a near-death experience, as soon as they're in safety, their whole body reacts somatically and they shake and they process the emotions. You know, we hear it said animals don't walk around with PTSD, even though they have traumatic experiences all the time. But as humans, we have the ability to cognate in a different way. And so we have the ability to try to override those kind of physiological somatic expressions. And so that actually started um, both a research and an experimentation journey in trying to unpack the effects of that physical trauma or that physical trauma, emotional trauma and everything that had happened and how that was still expressing in my health. And from a physiological perspective, I can now look back and say, okay, well, I was in a state of continuous sympathetic nervous system, even when I was sleeping, like no matter what I did, I may have mentally thought I was fine. My body did not think I was fine. So of course I couldn't rest and digest and lose weight. Of course I couldn't recover from physical conditions because my body thought I was being chased by a tiger. And so when I learned to process the mental emotional side, ironically, all of these physical things that I had been working so hard on and felt like I had been fighting my body for a decade to fix started to resolve because I already had that foundation in place. I just had to get out of the sympathetic nervous system expression. And when I started really talking about this, I realized sadly how this seems to be an extremely common experience in today's world. And there aren't a tremendous amount of resources out there that really help you pinpoint and go through that experience of trauma and releasing it. Thankfully, there's more and more becoming available now, but that's why it's become part of my focus is not just talking about physical health, but just how key these other aspects are even for our physical health. I, first of all, thank you for sharing this. Um, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, that's me, what would you suggest? Yeah, I hear from a lot of people after sharing my story that do come and say that. And there, it, there's multiple pieces to it. From On the one hand, I realized for me, um, a lot of therapies can work when a person is ready for them to work. And so I think I had finally reached a point where I was, the pain of staying the same became greater than the pain of changing. So I was willing to change. And th that old saying that when the student is ready, the master will appear. I think a lot of potential things could have worked because I was finally at a point of desperation that I was ready for them to work. But the things that commonly seem to be most helpful, especially for anyone who is aware of a trauma, but even people who aren't, who might have an attachment trauma from early childhood, um, something relating to parents, even pre-memory, um, somatic therapies can be really helpful. I found personally that just traditional talk therapy wasn't exceptionally helpful um, just because my brain had gotten really good at avoiding having to go to that stress. So I remember being in talk therapy and being like, oh, okay, we're going to talk to my inner child. I don't know how to play this game. Mm -hmm. And I would say the things the therapist wanted to hear, but I wasn't facing the core of it. So I think because that idea of the body keeps the score, somatic-based therapies can be really helpful. And there are now resources available. You can Google that in your area. And I can send you some resources of links. People can go to look for therapists who are licensed and actually have a trauma focus because someone who has a trauma is going to express and go through therapy differently. Um, yeah, please do that. I'll put that in the, in the show notes for people to go access as a resource. Yeah, I also found like anything that helped the nervous system was helpful to me in the, the initial processing of that, whether it be things like tapping, which just help the nervous system to enter parasympathetic meditation, um, breath work. I think those are all complementary to therapies addressing the actual root of it as well. 
Um, there's also systems like integrated family systems that look at the family roots of that. So for many of us, there are some childhood things that are there, even if there's an acute trauma, I figured, okay, well, I found that one. Everything must relate to that. Turns out, no, like small things in childhood can have a really big impact. Even if they weren't on paper, they don't look like they would be severe traumas. Small things that happen when we're in that really young zero to five age can really program our nervous systems. Um, and so I, I had to basically learn a practice of consciously moving myself into parasympathetic while also doing therapy to help get to those subconscious roots of what was going on. Were you able to see actual shifts in HRV when you did this? Absolutely. And the physical shifts were drastic. And the irony was I wasn't even trying to get the physical shifts at that point. I was just trying to heal the mental emotional side. After that first somatic experience, the next day I had lost eight pounds, which in, you know, they would say that's not physically possible. If you just look at, you know, the ability to burn calories in a 24 hour period. And it was because I had let go of that, like my cortisol probably dropped Dramatically. I probably moved into parasympathetic for the first Did time. Did you sweat a lot? Did you lose some water weight too? I sweat. I shook. I like peed a ton. I think all my body's detox pathways were like, oh, we've been waiting for this and go. And it was wild. And then over the course of the next seven months, I lost 80 pounds without literally without trying. I ate more. Pounds? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, Wow. I can only imagine too, I'm just kind of thinking through like what this was like for you doing what you're doing and then having this, like, you're like, I've got all these answers, but the answers aren't working for me. And that had to like, please tell me if I'm going too far here, but it kind of made you feel like a fraud maybe, or almost like, you know, like, Hey, I'm telling everybody what to do, but it's not working for me. Like, why is this? And then how do I explain this? And then it just kind of compounds. And then when this happened, it was like, Oh, I was focusing over here. But the problem was over here. Absolutely. The imposter yeah. syndrome was extremely strong in that. Um, I'm so grateful for it in hindsight, though, because I got into health and wellness thinking my answer lied in physical health and wellness. And a piece of it certainly did. But I'm realizing now in today's world, for many people, this mental emotional piece is equally if not more so important. So I'm so glad that I actually had that struggle and wasn't able to resolve it with just physical ideas because that led me into this path, which hopefully will help a lot more people. But it, it truly, it was, that was a tough phase, especially as I'm sure you might've seen as well. The online worlds can be very, very cruel. And so I developed a quite thick skin, I think during those years, but I'm, I'm really grateful for it. And I'm grateful to now still have the ability to share you this. Kept pushing on because now you're going to have a story that's going to impact a whole lot more people. Thank you. I mean, just Thank you for sharing this and thank you for opening up about your, your, you know, your trauma and how this is impact. Have you shared this in any blogs or forums where people can learn more? Um, I did share in episode 309 of my podcast, the really extended story of it, as well as some of the resources that helped. And I do think, like I said, I do think um, for most, most people, there's going to be a multifaceted plan for recovery. Mm -hmm. You want to do something that's supporting your nervous system because of all the changes that are happening. You want to really nourish your body. You want to make sure sleep is a huge priority so that you can release a lot of that and your body can physically recover. Um, and I'll, like I said, I'll send you some resources because it is also very individualized as you would imagine. And so people ask you like, what exactly did you do? And I tell them I can share a checklist of exactly what I did, but use it as a starting point, not a blueprint yeah. because you know, your mileage may vary. We all are going to have a different different things that our body and our mental health and our emotions need to be, to feel supported. Um, but I can certainly share the things that I explored and what worked and didn't work. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this. I'll put episode 309, the link in the in the show notes. If you want to learn more, you should definitely go check that out. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. If you found today's podcast valuable, would you please share this episode with a friend? And if you want to support the show, please leave us a rating and review in the Apple Podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.